Today, the New York Times runs cover for old man Biden. James Comer plans contempt hearings for FBI Director Chris Wray and my report from the Dallas Pride Festival. A little spoiler alert, it was not, in fact, family friendly. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and in an effort to run cover for Joe Biden, seemingly diminishing right before our very eyes, the New York Times ran an incredible puff piece over the weekend called Inside the Complicated Reality of Being America's Oldest President, detailing just how with it our 250-year-old president actually is. Now, it took four whole writers to put this thing together, but as I mentioned, this is the New York Times we're talking about, so no one is accusing their writers of being bright. As a reminder, for those who missed it, here was the fall heard around the world last week. And down he goes. And cannot get back up without help. That's great. Good times. It's the point. It's the point. The point is what gets me. <laughs> it was that, I swear. It was it was a sandbag. Uh, the article reads, The complicated reality of America's oldest president was encapsulated on Thursday as Congress approved a bipartisan deal he brokered to avoid a national default. Even Speaker Kevin McCarthy testified that Mr. Biden had been very professional, very smart, very tough during their talks. Yet just before the voting got underway, Mr. Biden tripped over a sandbag at the Air Force Academy commencement, plunging to the ground. The video went viral. His supporters cringed and his critics pounced. Ah, yes, always those damn Republicans pouncing, isn't it? It goes on, sharp and wise at critical moments, the product of decades of seasoning, able to rise to the occasion, even in the dead of night to confront a dangerous world, yet a little slower, <laughs> a little softer, a little harder of hearing, a little more tentative in his walk, a little more prone to occasional lapses of memory in ways that feel familiar to anyone who has reached their ninth decade or has a parent who has. Sounds like a great reason to not have an elderly person who has reached their ninth decade actually in charge of running an entire country. Now, I wonder how many of these esteemed New York Times writers have taken away their grandparents' car keys for the same issues they posit above, yet have no problem with Grandpa Joe having our nuclear codes. But... As I said, no one has accused New York Times writers of being bright. Now, it goes on. His verbal miscues are nothing new, friends note. He has struggled throughout his life with a stutter and was a gaffe machine, to use his own term, long before he entered Social Security years. Advisors said his judgment is as good as ever. So many of them use the phrase sharp as a tack to describe him that it has become something of a mantra. I am quite sure everyone who deals with Joe Biden walks away from their interaction remarking that he is sharp as a tack. I'm definitely sure that happens. And hidden within the article is this little nugget. In private, some officials acknowledge that they may make what they consider reasonable accommodations not to physically tax an aging president. His staff schedules most of his public appearances between noon and 4 p.m. and leaves him alone on weekends as much as possible. So congratulations, America. Even in an attempted puff piece, the New York Times admits that we have a part-time president who retains the same schedule as a 19-year-old pothead home from college for the summer, and they want him elected again. Here to discuss this and more, we have Chad Prather, host of The Chad Prather Show, and Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program. Um, this is like, oh, I mean, 
Who are we to bother a president of the United States on a weekend? It is Saturday, after all, and old man Joe does need his rest. He keeps the schedule of a parking meter. <laughs> <laughs> He's closed on the weekends. You can you just do whatever you want to do. Just park here. You don't have to tell the meter at all. Yeah. Uh, I just finished a, a Washington biography, and you know they talk about Ab- uh, sorry Benjamin Franklin being the elder statesman, you know, of our founding fathers, and and how. He was ridiculed in many cases when he was in France for his age. And, and I was like, Joe Biden makes him look like a little rascal. <laughs> in fact, I expect Joe Biden to show up riding on a rascal, like like one of those motorized carts that you see in Walmart on aisle seven. <laughs> um, just put him on a walker already. Uh, the point, though, is what got me when he fell over the, quote, sandbag. Mm. Um that and he got up and he pointed to it. You know, it's that old thing when you you're walking with people and you trip over a little uh, crack in the sidewalk and you immediately have to look back at it. You know, like said, <laughs> and that's what Joe did. And it's like, no, dude, you can point at the sandbag. We're pointing at you, Joe. We're pointing at you. This is elder abuse. We've said it for the last two and a half years. This is elder abuse, and the fact that they keep up this charade is crazy to me. Yeah. yeah, and I want I want to be clear. Like we're not making fun. Well, maybe we are a little bit. But oh, we are. I, I mean, I, but I, I generally speaking, I don't find it funny that we are watching him. I like get what closer you said. To death. You said you, he is uh, diminishing. Yes. Like in front of us. Like literally, as we're watching him throughout the years. It's a great way to put that. You know, it's it's fascinating, Jason. I want to get your take, but it's fascinating because um, I was going through. It was very it's very hard to choose when you're talking about Joe Biden gaffes, which one, you know, you want to uh, to focus on. And I was going through gaffes throughout the years and even just going to 2019, 2020, I was looking at some of those. And I mean, he didn't sound great, but he sounded I mean, his entire demeanor was way different than it is now. I mean, just within that short of a time frame. It's like we were looking at a completely different person. And even back then, we were like, yeah, he's campaigning from his basement because he's basically dead. Yeah, That's how bad it is I, I now. Think we were watching a different person. <laughs> I mean, we may have been from some of the videos I've been seeing online. To, I, prove to me that it's not a, a, a fill-in, a stand-in. I don't know. Maybe it is. Man. But it's, it is really hard to watch. And you just go back to like, I remember when he was like debating, uh, it was, I think it was Paul Ryan mm-hmm. way back in the day uh, during the uh, vice presidential vice president. yeah. yeah. And I mean, he was with it. He mm-hmm. was like getting some jabs in. Half the time he was just, remember he was just uncontrollable doing like Kamala Harris laughing at, at Paul Ryan. Oh, I do remember that. But, the but, Joe it, was Biden- like a, but it was a very, um, it was like a passive aggressive. Oh yeah. Oh, like rude laugh. Big time. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. But I mean, but but still, it was he was able to engage and actually get through the debate. Nowadays, I mean, can you imagine that? He, that's not the same Joe Biden at mm-hmm. all. He wouldn't be able to do that on a debate stage now Mm-mm. at all. Um, and I, the, just the the attacks on age. Like, if you, I'm old enough for, to remember when Ronald Reagan was getting hit for being, you know, attacks on his age. But he would take those attacks. He would spin it around, tell like a hilarious joke, and make his opponent look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Age was not an issue there. Age is clearly an issue now. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I don't, I really don't know how the mainstream media can continue to try and pull water. Oh, and they I did, did that, that article they did with pros. 
I mean, that yeah. article that you did, I mean, they were literally trying to wax poetic. Yeah. And, and try to talk about how sophisticated his idiocy is. And it was the exact opposite against Trump. Remember when Trump was just walking slowly down, I think it was a West Point ramp. He was just yeah. walking slowly down because he said mm-hmm. it was slippery. He didn't fall or anything. But they, the, the, the line is hilarious, especially when you compare it to this New York Times article. Then they were like, why, you know, they tried to make it no big deal, but why, you know, the president's uh, descend down that, this is why it matters or whatever. And they were trying to say that age wasn't an issue. Then it was, you know, free and open to say and admit that. Mm-hmm. And that we should really be looking into what was really going on with the yeah. president's health. No discussion like that now whatsoever. No, look at the deterioration. So we watched him several times stumble going upstairs. At least there was an obstacle like gravity. This was on <laughs> flat ground. Like there was nothing to put, there was nothing there. And like I've stepped over a lot. I, we walked through, we just to come here on this set. This, this is a sound stage. There's a lot of crap on the ground. We have to step over yeah. it. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, but you're not 81 years old. No kidding. And I'm also not the president of the United States, who should also not be 81 years old. Right, right, right. And, I, and again, I can criticize Trump in the same breath because you're going to be dealing with another octogenarian if you put him back in office. However, there is a different The stark demeanor. contrast between Donald <laughs> yeah. Trump uh, and how with it he is and Joe right. Biden is, I mean, it could not be more different. I just hope, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I just hope that if, if Trump is reinstalled that, uh, and reelected, that he doesn't have the same decline. And things can happen yeah. after 80. Well, Joe Biden is showing fast. us that things can happen really fast. But, but both the media, the establishment, the Democrats, hell, probably even some rhino Republicans, would be more than willing to have an octogenarian president who doesn't even hardly know his own name be reinstalled. Because does, I don't, does anybody really think that he is running the country? He's not no tweeting. Way. He's not even putting out his own <laughs> tweets. No, no. He doesn't know what's going on. I guarantee you there's not one piece of legislation that's passed his desk that he's signed or vetoed that he's ever actually read. No. I would love... I would love, Lord, if you loved me, you'd give me two opportunities. One would be to bait AOC, and the second would be to hand him a phone and say, tweet. Because <laughs> he can't. Like, what is that? He doesn't even know how to get to it. A? <laughs> um, so, speaking of... I tweeted in my pants. <laughs> can somebody change me? Um, so, speaking of Joe Biden, so this ongoing saga uh, between the FBI and the House Oversight uh, Committee continues, if you guys recall, if you are avid watchers of the show, last week they had decided that um, James Comer and Jamie Raskin, ranking member Democrat, um, and then of course Republican James Comer, were going to both go to the FBI headquarters to view this document that the FBI was was refusing to hand over to them. This is an unclassified document, and it is a document that they say, James Comer says, uh, is part of the whistleblower, you know, testimony, the whistleblower document that shows that the FBI is tampering and interfering in investigating a bribery scheme concerning Joe Biden and a foreign national. So um, James Comer went, viewed the document and has now decided that they are going to start uh, contempt hearings because... Once he viewed the document, he realized that he's, he was dealing with something that was really bad, and they need to sound the alarm on that. Here is some of James Comer's press conference after returning from the FBI headquarters watch. Entity will hear more as James Comer is now speaking at the Today, Capitol. Let's listen. FBI officials confirmed that the unclassified FBI-generated record has not been disproven and is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. 
the confidential human source who provided information about then Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. These are facts and no amount of spin and frankly lies from the White House or congressional Democrats can change this information. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. And we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Given the severity and complexity of the allegations contained within this record, Congress must investigate further. Americans have lost trust in the FBI's ability to enforce the law impartially and demand answers, transparency, and accountability. The investigation is not dead. This is only the beginning. It appears this investigation is part of an ongoing investigation, which I assume is in Delaware. The Oversight Committee will follow the, effect, follow the facts and be transparent to the American people. Now, one would hope that um, after Comer viewed that document, if it was just some big nothing burger, he wouldn't be pursuing uh, contempt of Congress hearings as he is now. Jason, I know you're like neck deep in all things uh, Biden crime family related. So what's your take on this? Um, my take is that normally I would say the FBI should be allowed to continue their investigation, but we're not in normal times anymore. Uh, everything he just described is exactly what kicked off the Crossfire Hurricane investigation, the Russia probe, all of those things. And they were using a massive PSYOP, probably one of the large, no, the largest in American history against President Trump. Mm -hmm. And you can see, you can see <laughs> the political games even played just to this day. I mean, we're trying, Comer is having to force this information out. I mean, if this was Crossfire Hurricane, just based off this information, there would be FISA, FISA warrants yeah. all over the place. Yeah. They'd be collecting all this data. There would be leaks, targeted leaks from the FBI out into the media to amplify and blow this Great up. Point. They're trying to keep this hidden, and Congress can't even. That's, that's why we cannot, we cannot approach the way the FBI runs anymore as if it's in normal times. We cannot do it. We have to. I don't know what, because we can't even really trust the DOJ because that's Merrick Garland, right. and he's going, and he's just as dirty as the rest of them, trying to keep this, you know, trying to keep his guy safe from anything else and persecute other, you know, political opponents. So the only way to get this done is through Congress. That's the the only way. Even if the FBI today said, "All right, screw it, you guys won. Here you go. Here's all the information." I don't trust it. No. I don't care what they hand us. I don't trust it. So. Give it all. And, I, you know, I really don't know what the I, I think we kind of talked about this maybe last week, but I don't know what the explanation is or the the solution is. Mm -hmm. Like, I, because who are you going to send in? DOJ agents? No, <laughs> because Garland's not going to do that. Right. Um, is does Congress have? I mean, who the hell can actually go in and demand this information? That's why the FBI, since its inception, is way too pow powerful of an organization. It needs to be halted like immediately. <laughs> they need to shut down operations hand over whatever their caseload was to the states, like Texas Rangers could handle that, you know, that caseload. Mm -hmm. Whatever you have to do to hand that over to the states and completely reevaluate, assign new rules and regulations for that organization if they're going to continue to exist, and then move forward after you've completely cleaned house. Yeah. That's depressing.
Send in Jacob Chansley in his buffalo hat. He'll go get it. He'll come back with documents. Um, well, he will because the Capitol Police will lead him. I was going to say the, the Capitol Police. That's, that was yeah. as far as I was going. The Capitol Police will go do it. Uh, Kevin McCarthy's got power over that. It's scary, right? I mean, think about all the things. Look, 10 years ago, people didn't know what a FISA warrant was. They didn't know what a FISA court was. And then suddenly with Trump in office, everybody's FISA this, FISA, everything was getting a FISA deal. Now they're not wanting to do all that stuff. So if, if, if this stuff is being, here's, here's the deal. Biden, we're talking about Biden, they knew, amongst others, they knew they just do whatever they want to do and get away with it. Nobody was ever going to expose them for it. So if you think that this is the only thing that's going on, I mean, think about how deep the treachery oh, is, yeah. right? You read the Constitution. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the DOJ and the FBI and the CIA and all these are supposed to be the long arm of the law. They're not supposed to be, right? They are accountable to the American people. It so, but they're not, mm -hmm. right? And so think about how many things that are out there, these people who just thought they would just go along, get along. And again, I still think they've got to get Biden out of the way for 2024. They can't let him run. So I think this is going to be the one where they're going to be like, oh, we left the door unlocked. Right. That's what I'm wondering, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, yo, yo, did you find that document? Did you? Or did we just leave it out on the, you know, did we leave the, did we leave the password protected uh, thing unlocked? One of, or one of those uh, strange leaks to the press yeah. about yeah. something. I, I think, yeah. I think if you pay attention, I think in the, in the days to come, I think what you said, what do we do about this? I think they're going to take care of that for us. We'll see, so. but I think that's what's going to happen. I think, I'm sorry, but yeah, every time we go back even to the FISA process, specifically with the Trump and Crossfire Hurricane, I mean, people, do they just not realize the gravity of how badly the FBI was abusing everything no. to get that done? No. They doctored they do. evidence. Yep. That's why you got they that They changed smug, an email. You got that smug yep. bastard oh, yeah. Peter Strzok who's sitting there talking about with Lisa Page, you know, and he's talking about, oh, we'll take care of it. He still tries to rationalize that to this day. I know. Oh, it's not how I've met. So does James Comey. Yeah. Who was, the, started on him. who was the head of the FBI? He's He's got to bury it under the rug. Yeah. Oh, of course. So, yeah. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We'll be back with more. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Moink. So I don't know if you guys realize this, 60% of United States pork production comes from one company. They're owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which... It's banned in 160 countries, including China, but you're going to find it in your grocery aisle every day. Yuck. Don't do that. you got to get your meat from Moink. That's Moo Plus Oink. They deliver grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork, chicken, Alaskan salmon directly to your door. And Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and you can taste the difference. Obviously, the family farm does it better. We have Moink uh, in our house. We eat Moink meat, and um, my children are, like, eating me out of house and home right now. But um, it's because they love the Moink, the Moink bacon, the Moink filet mignon. Um, we love Moink meat. You will, too. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash news. Right now, you will get free bacon in your first box. Guys, this is the best bacon you'll ever taste. My children are obsessed with it. It is M-O-I-N-K box.com slash news. That is moinkbox.com slash news. <laughs> So we were just discussing the, um, the men and women, the esteemed men and women who uh, make up our United States Congress at the Capitol and how seriously they take themselves. And I was shocked, shocked to see this. Uh, this is a children's choir that uh, was performing the Star Spangled Banner inside the United States Capitol. And as they are singing, um, I'm not sure which clip we have, but as they are singing, 
um, there is a Capitol policeman who has to interject and make them stop for reasons unknown. Watch. So there's a different angle that actually shows the Capitol policeman walking up to that gentleman who walks up to the conductor um, and says, shut it down. I actually don't know who I'm more mad at because I feel like the con- like they were almost done. He should have just finished. What were they going to do, arrest the kids? I got sneeze. Oh, okay, Jason. <laughs> what song were they singing? The Star, Star Spangled Banner. Banner. They were in the oh third verse. Gosh. They got halfway through the third verse, and that's when they shut them down. I don't know, you know, again... I just can't believe they got that many kids to shut up all at once. <laughs> I mean, that guy just did that. Them kids shut right up. It ain't like that at your house. Well, the ca- <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, but they got That's to the true. third verse. I, and so I'm sitting there going, okay, maybe they just thought they were going to do the first verse because they got through that. And then it's like, maybe y'all were getting to the racist verses. I don't know. Well, the, no. The, the re-re progressive yo-yo left. I mean, they got whatever racism and everything. So well, you got to shut these little white supremacists up. I mean, I guess. But apparently one of the organizers of this, of this choir said that the Capitol Police told them that uh, – Singing that anthem could be considered a form of protest. That is how far we've fallen in our country, that you can't sing the Star Spangled Banner without it being recognized as a form of protest? What country are we living in? Mm. <laughs> well, Jason said, what song I, are they singing? <laughs> I, I know. Oh, there's a third verse. We never I've never get actually that. heard the third verse. We never get that date. There, there's about well, you're, well, you're never going to hear the end of it either. No, I mean, so the, the, the reason I'm kind of speechless <laughs> is because I, you know, we've heard, I've heard multiple times uh, as I've done this job that eventually, you know, they will try to erase all of our history. Mm-hmm. They will try to make you feel like you should be ashamed to be who you are under this system of crazy white supremacists and, you know, all the, you know, whatever other evil things yeah. the founding fathers did. But, I mean, first you're tearing down statues, then you're literally rewriting history like the 1619 Project, then you're stopping a group of kids singing the national anthem in the national capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how, even if, I don't even care if you could assume, just the fact that you you shut them down and your reasoning is because it could be considered a form of protest. Mm, it might offend someone. Who gives a you can you can protest if you want to in the national capital. That should be what it stands for. Those specific rights. Yeah. But instead, you're going to call singing the national anthem something that should be revered as a form of protest. Screw the history, erase it all, and then in a double whammy, say that they can't even protest in their national capital. Something that our you know constitution guarantees. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It's a great point. I don't even know if there's an American university that still teaches Western civilization. Like, I don't, because, it, and if they did do it, it would just be talking about yeah. how it was bad, yeah. right? Um, so that's where we are. You're right. This, this is the erasure of history. Um, and these kids, I mean, it's an embarrassing thing, right, to do this deal. I mean, they're singing the national anthem. I felt bad for them. What do you mean? It's embarrassing for the kids? Yeah, I mean, just no. shut these kids up. No, I'm saying to go in there and shut a bunch of kids oh, up. Oh, yes. That's embarrassing. That, that, you know, these kids are, you know. They should be embarrassed. Yeah. That's why I wish that their. Uh, and this is an elite. You know, would have just. Yes. Choir. Yeah, very elite choir. A children's choir. Who goes in there to do it? They get permission, not from the, the least of which is Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, gave them permission to be there. So. 
If, if they were, if, if this was a all black choir singing the black national anthem, if they were in there singing "Raise All Voices," it'd be a happen? whole different deal. Yep, they wouldn't have shut that up. It's a great point. Um, I, I also love that um, another remark that Capitol Police reportedly said was that it might offend someone. It's like, so, so? <laughs> yeah. And Let them be offended. You're so, in the U.S. Capitol. This, this is like, oh, oh I, I forgot. We have to live our lives according to whether or not someone might be offended at something that you do or say or wear. So? Last time I was in Calgary, I went to a hockey game, and they were singing Oh Canada, and it didn't piss me off. You were I expected them to do it. Well, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Would you expect that if you were offended that they cancel singing their national yeah, anthem because I mean, it might offend like you? In a crowd of 32,000, I was going to raise my hand right. and be like, eh, eh. <laughs> right, Big right. on the O Canada Like if you're offended by the Star-Spangled Banner, perhaps remove yourself from the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, like maybe just don't be there. Me and Sean, Sean, you can't see Sean. He's off camera well, you right there. you did see him earlier. Me and Sean were, were walking through D.C. a couple of years ago, and we ran into these British people. And, and, and I said, how long are y'all here visiting? And they were like, oh, whatever, a couple more days. And I said, you see all this stuff around you? And they said, yeah. I said, this is because we beat the hell out of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I literally want you to be offended. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Remind you of your history. Let's um, <laughs> let's go ahead and let's take a break, and then we will be back with uh, some pride footage over the weekend that little eyeballs should not see. So there's your warning. Okay. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. So um, even the no, you're still gonna you need oh, to put money that. in that. Right, uh, Fill it up, Jack. Um, so it's Jason's like slowly moving the swear jar away from him <laughs> so that he doesn't have to contribute. Um, all right. So even the president of the United States uh, saying like, "Hey guys, we're gonna have food shortages in the United States. So don't think that because we're a first world country that can't happen. We are run by, of course, Joe Biden. So." Any sort of crisis could happen, as we're finding out. But the thing that you don't want to do is wait until it's too late to stock up on emergency food. You can do that with My Patriot Supply. They've got breakfast, lunches, and dinners. It's got up to a 25-year shelf life. So, you know, you're going to invest in it now. And you're going to have it when you need it. It's a three-month emergency food kit. When you order today, you're going to save $200 on each kit that you need. And listen, it's going to ship discreetly so that when something goes down and you are in crisis, you're feeding your family. Your neighbors are not going to come over and be like, so I saw that My Patriot Supply box you got uh, in your front the other day. Can we have some? No. You can't. It's on you to go to preparewithnews.com. You're going to get fast and free shipping. Make sure you are prepared. Do not wait until you need it. Prepare yourself over at preparewithnews.com. I uh, attended the Dallas Pride Festival over the weekend. I I was going to say I I don't I do I do it for you, but it I <clears throat> I feel like I should get paid more for this, honestly. It's, uh, it's, you're really reaching the bottom of the barrel with these people when you go to these events and you see the type of degeneracy that is just all around you and being celebrated. So um, I'm going to play a clip for you of some of the most disgusting things that, that I witnessed. And remember that this was billed as all ages welcome. Um, they even had a family zone that was for younger children right next to, conveniently, right next to the teen zone, which was for uh, children ages 13 through 19. Um, there also was a Planned Parenthood booth in the teen zone. Just 
so we're clear. And um, I also don't think I would want my 13-year-old hanging out with a 19-year-old. But, I mean, I think this community does it a totally different way than I do, clearly. Um, so let's play some of the worst finds. So this is a uh, waffle shaped like a penis. Mm -hmm. This is the DFW Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence that raised all the controversy with the Dodgers handing a young girl a pin. The young girl goes to look at the pins, which read things like whore, kinky, send nudes, sinner, thought, top, bottom, and daddy. Here is uh, Disney cartoon characters painted in erotic scenes. Aladdin is pinching King Triton's nipple. There are some dressed in bondage gear. Uh, here is more of the cartoon pornographic imagery, but don't worry, they are offering free monkeypox vaccines there. Here was um, Shim. Here are some fans that say the F word on them and more, the C word. Uh, one says, make me come again. One says, uh, P word power. And these are all on display. Here's another. They just, they, they're just obsessed with penis imagery on a t-shirt this time. Um, but don't worry, they also are offering free rapid HIV tests. And there is a shirt that says Big D Energy, except it didn't say B, it said the whole thing. So um, really awesome things going on around children. And I, I would like to also add all of these outdoor things that I was showing you, the, the tank top that said, come and take it with the penis and um, the fans that had all of the derogatory uh, slogans on them. All of these, you had, you had to walk past all of these booths to get to the family zone. By the way, children were free. But no, please, they're not trying to indoctrinate the children. They're not trying to indoctrinate the children, Chad. I see you looking at me like that, Chad. They're not trying to indoctrinate the children. What would possibly make you think that they're trying to indoctrinate the children? Why don't you start with the churches, Sarah? Don't you know how many men and pastors and youth pastors are arrested because of the churches? Yeah, and they're or, arrested. They're arrested. And every time you reread on Twitter, post a picture of it, it's a mugshot. Right. Like, they're doing that in the dark. You guys are trying to do this in the light. Literally. You, and not only that, and then you got the mainstream media, you got society at large at, and, and the big woke corporations that are promoting and perpetuating and praising and celebrating your crap. Mm -hmm. So... Again, would you take a child to a strip club? I don't. I think universally people say no. Well, that's too much. Where did you draw that line? That suddenly that's too much. I mean, I, I, you just said stuff that made me blush, mm -hmm. and I'd done some things in my life, <laughs> and I was like, you know, you're on camera, right, Sarah, yeah. saying these things. But I mean, there it is. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. it's right there, right in front of the children. I, you wouldn't take a kid to a strip club, so why, why are you going to take them to this? Why can't you just let the kids be innocent? Why can't you just let kids be innocent? They but they're not. They they're not going to do it. Do it. They, if you bring this stuff up about Pride Month and all this stuff, they always say, well, you know, love is love. You know what I mean? Let's just. I love sodomy. I, I, if, if, if this was just. <laughs> If this was just about... Did I mention that this segment wasn't safe for I, I kids? Love, I, I, love, I love discounted enemas. You know? If this was just about love is love, if it was just about some kind of political thing right. or whatever, what political things do they need going forward from this day onward? Right. They've won every battle there is on this. 
There, there is nothing else to accomplish. If it's just about, you know, making this statement, why do you have a big plastic penis on a, on a, on a counter ready to sell? Or all these, all these like crazy sexualized, you know, material right there in front of everyone's faces. You don't have to say that. If this was purely just a love is love thing, there needs to be some kind of political goal that they're trying to get to. And they wouldn't have to hypersexualize these events. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for that. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, w- I was thinking to myself, um, you know, the all-ages family-friendly festivals that I take my children to. And, you know, like a Main Street Festival in Grapevine and Arts Festival in Fort Worth and all of these that are billed as family-friendly. Have Could you ever imagine in your life any of these actual family-friendly festivals that, that like, oh, literally all the other festivals that are had in the middle of a city in downtown, could you ever imagine any of that I, I wouldn't take my kids down Bourbon Street. <laughs> I, I wouldn't take my kids down Duval Street at night in Las Vegas. You know, I wouldn't right. do that. And yet, this is what they're pushing and promoting and even defending. And again, it's apples and oranges to say, oh, well, sexual molestation is happening. I mean, sexual molestation is happening more in the schools than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. That's a s- statistical fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, so if you're going to argue that, leave the churches out of it. Let's talk about the schools. So, okay, so speaking of schools. But, I- but you saw this whole furry thing. Did y'all talk about the furry thing last week, you know, in Florida where they said, we're not going to have our furry convention because <laughs> the kids can't come? We didn't get to cover that. If somebody yeah. says, oh, a kid says, oh, I was inappropriately touched by who? Uh, the, the, the big blue wolf. The furry. Which one? Right. <laughs> Which one? They're right. all wearing masks. Right, right, right. You got to see the logic in this. Yeah, no, oh, I loved that too. They're like, oh, we regret to inform you we can't have the furry convention. Why not? Because they won't let us do it in front of children. Yeah. What? Wait, what? So you don't want it to just be adult? Okay, that's creepy. Um, so I want to play really quickly. This is this is a school. It's in Canada. But um, this is a pride. It's Happy Pride Day, a pride parade for all of these young children at their school. Watch. Be Chrissy. Yay. Chrissy. You know what gay people do? You know how gay people do that? Yay. That is so fun. Um, and I, there's one more clip that I want to play here. I know we're going to maybe Pride run Pride Month is like long. a B-list Hollywood, or like a holiday at this point in time. B. I mean, it's, it's like... I'd go further. It's, it's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a weird Cinco de Mayo with tight mariachi pants. You know, it, ain't, it don't rank up there with Christmas because there's no jingle bells. There's no, nothing. It chopped all that off. <laughs> So I want to go. I want to go to Tempe, Arizona, uh, over the weekend. Same type of things <laughs> happening at this particular Pride party. Um, this is a performance in front of children, all ages, clearly welcome here as well. And this is a rapper called Real X Man who rapped for these children about gay and anal sex. Here is some of that event. Watch. Can you imagine he collected that? Can you imagine how much AIDS is there? 
There's definitely okay. HIV. I, yeah, let's stop. I. Which again, party it up, have at it, do whatever. But when you got kids on somebody's shoulders and the kids are it's like, come on. Sodom and Gomorrah has nothing. I mean, we got, they got nothing on us. I, like, every parent who has their child there deserves to have their children taken from them and be thrown in prison. And life in prison would be a kind sentence for them because what I believe is that they should receive the death penalty for sexualizing their young children in that manner. I hope I was clear. And this is, these are being billed as Pride Month celebrations? Mm -hmm. It doesn't even feel like it because this is common every single day of the year. It's Pride year every damn year now. Again, that right there should tell you it's not about love is love. Right. There's something else going on here. Right. Whether it's indoctrinating children, changing an entire generation, setting a narrative that has larger you know, implications. This is not about what it used to be. Hey, maybe they had an argument back in the day before you know, gay people could get married and all, the, all those things. You won that battle. Mm -hmm. What are you fighting? Why do you need a month when to a huge slap in the face to people like me that have lost uh, you know, brothers in, in, in foreign wars, we got one day and then the very next week kicks off Pride Month. Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. What? Well, yeah. and the whole argument to your Last point word. is we just want to be like everybody else. Well, I, everybody else ain't farting glitter and wearing butterfly wings and, you know, leather thongs and And you fishnets. can't force us to like you. Right. Exactly. Right. That's not against the law. Like, no. you're, like you're weird, okay? You're being weird. And you're, you're marginalizing yourself with a weird standard here. And then you get pissed off at us for looking at you going, dude, you're walking around with something hanging out of your ass. And, like... I don't, I don't, that ain't nothing like me. Like, I've literally never done that. <laughs> like, if you see me, I'm walking out and something's hanging out of my ass, stop me and help me. <laughs> like, it's that's not, something's wrong. <laughs> I've been involved with something that I didn't want to happen. <laughs> okay, we gotta go to break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Eric Adams over in New York City has found another way, another solution to deal with the illegal immigrant influx that they have received in New York City, which is, by the way, I would like to point out a sanctuary city, which is why they are receiving the influx, because they claim that they want to welcome them all. Well, they're finding out very quickly there is not enough room and there are not enough resources to house all of these uh, all of these people. Yeah, why don't you talk to El Paso about that? Uh, why don't you talk to McAllen, Texas about that? But Mayor Eric Adams, amazing idea is that he wants to put illegal immigrants into local homeowners' homes. Watch. It is my vision uh, to take the next step to this, to go to the faith-based uh, locales, and then move to uh, private residence. So he claims that they, these people will be paid. He said we can take this $4.2 billion that we are going to be spending, paying for these people, and we can just recycle it back into our own people. I mean, these are hard economic times, which I don't know why you said that with Joe Biden as president. I thought everything was awesome if you're <clears throat> on the left, but he admits these are hard economic times. And so these people could just earn some extra money by just bringing an illegal, bring bring one over. So Eric Adams bring is Jose listing in. your home on Airbnb, yeah. basically, and yeah. they're gonna rent it out from you yeah. and let illegals live there. I wonder how many he's gonna take into his home. I'd love to know. I guarantee it's zero. I'd love to know. Well, and who's going to pay 
when, I don't know, maybe these people aren't all good angels. Well, and think about it. What could go wrong, really? I mean, you're taking these sweet, displaced peoples and bringing them in. The sweet mission, choice. this sweet humanitarian, mission-hearted person that you are mm -hmm. to bring these people in. What could go wrong? Mm, yeah, it's just that I've seen the hotels in New York City that have taken in all of these illegal immigrants. And, you know, it's crazy. It's almost like when you don't have respect for the country's law upon entering the country illegally, you also then, once you are here, don't have respect for any of the other laws in the country. Yeah, and I think they should take it even a step forward. All these big, big-time CEOs, all the major, uh, you know, Fortune 500, besides the Silicon Valley peeps, most of them are all in New York City or have high-rises in New York City. Start putting in them. Actually, someone should start tracking how many of those big-time ESG CEOs are inviting them into their homes. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just see how many big-time movie stars, TV stars, major Hollywood people who have their main residence in New York. Start tallying up how many of them are inviting them into their homes as well. I'm sure somebody like George Clooney, who has a California oh, residence, sure. also has a penthouse in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. It's sitting empty yep. most of the time. Let them stay there. And listen, I, again, I mentioned earlier talking about reading that Washington biography, and they talk about whenever the British would come into these towns and these cities, like, say, Philadelphia, and they would use the basements of the homes as their latrines. And it took them a year to clean the, the that up, where literally the armies were just using these people's basements to, you know. You're talking about a cause that they actually believed in, right. not wanted to take advantage of. Right. right. Gosh. Right. right. So, again, I mean, we kind of had a problem in 1776 when the British armies were just coming in and commandeering your home and staying there. We sort of have a problem when people are coming from 165 different countries from through our southern border and coming up to a place where you said was going to be a sanctuary state or a sanctuary city, and now you don't have room for them, so you're going to take private citizens' property. I mean, if that's not a violation of your constitutional rights, I don't know what is. Well, don't worry. They're paying you. Yeah. But, I mean, but if the illegal immigrant ends up, you know, paying you what, killing though? someone on your paying property. You Four cents a day? Right, damaging, damaging your, your yeah. home. Uh, you know, uh, who, who's going to pay for that? Yeah, or rapes your daughter or, right. you know, or whatever. I mean, I, the list goes on and on. Like I said earlier, what could go wrong? It's, it's a good point, though. They tell you it's okay when they seize your farmland or yeah. seize your farms or whatever. Oh, we're still giving you, exactly. you, know, a, you know, a fair amount on the dollar right. for that. Well, right. George, George, Carlin, exactly. George Carlin had a great bit about that, about how your stuff is stuff and, and other people's stuff is ish. And, yeah. you know, and so if I go stay at somebody's house, I got to move their ish out of the way so I can put my stuff, my stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's sort of the way it goes. Yeah. You don't value what you're not invested in. Exactly right. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be back. All right. Jason was geeking out earlier about these new uh, VR Apple this headset that costs what thirty five hundred dollars? Yeah. Wow. Thirty five hundred bucks. Wow. But they just they just announced this today. Yeah. The what does it do? Apple Tell Vision us. Pro or whatever. I, I, I it's it's their uh, you know I guess answer to like Meta's Oculus, Oculus and all that, but yeah. it's augmented reality. What it is, it's so much more than that. I I was watching this presentation. This technology is going to completely transform a ton of industries. It's that powerful. It, it's a computer. You can have a virtual computer in front of you, plus watch, you know, movies, you know, as if you actually, you don't need to buy a TV anymore through this. There's so many different implications off of it. It that. is wild. 
But they were also, I mean, there's so many questions also. They're talking about registering your physical persona so that you can have basically an avatar for when you're talking Skype or uh, Zoom or whatever. No, you can only imagine no, how far. This will be required technology in the next two to five years. No. It will be. Required technology. You will not be able to operate like your peers are. Mark my words. There was That's a. going to be the downfall. You buying one, or you gonna wait till they cost two ninety nine? I'll <laughs> buy one when I can use my corporate Amex to buy it. That's about it. Thirty five hundred dollars. Hey, Glimpex out of town. Yeah, hmm. I need this for research purposes, yeah. please. That's my usual play. <laughs> it's just for research, only research. I promise I'm not playing any video games on there. All right, thanks, guys. That is scary. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.